Good morning, everyone. It is Neon and Beyond as we continue our wonderful journey this morning, getting you up close and personal with all things that affect you, things to get involved with, and resources if you're looking to get some extra help as we get back to our new normal here in Nevada, Southern Nevada, and Clark County. I'm your host, Steph McKenzie, and if you ever need to reach out and email me or you have an event coming up, please do. It's Steph, S-T-E-P-H, at point P-O-I-N-T-9-7. .com. My next guest, we haven't been able to connect because, well, their department and their division of Nevada has been very, very, very busy. And it's weird to think, but Trooper Travis Smacka is with us from NHP. Good morning. How are you, Trooper Smacka? Good morning, Steph. Yeah, like we discussed, I've been very busy. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You're like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we see you on TV all the time. Yeah, unfortunately, if it's me on TV, it's usually a bad thing, being the, the unfortunate reality of this position is I have to respond to every fatal crash we have in our jurisdiction in southern Nevada, and unfortunately, I've been very busy. What is, first of all, because I know we have so many new people that um, move here and are listening, or, you know, some of us just don't know, what does southern Nevada entail? Where is all that land? We are pretty much everything south of Tonopah. Wow. Out to Moapa, to State Line, out towards the, everything like lean up to Tomah, like I said, Indian Springs, Beatty, and of course, the majority of 90% of all the activity, even I would say statewide, is here in the Las Vegas Valley. Yeah, because people, I think when we say Southern Nevada, everyone always only thinks Las Vegas. I think when people say Nevada, they think Las Vegas. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Touche. Well, of course, I mean, I love that we have our segments with you guys. It's been a minute since we've been with you, and it's almost, I think when I last talked with NHP, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, and so it's been quite a while, and of course, we'd love to say that things go down, and we've been doing this for over three years, and the fatalities would diminish, and people would buckle up, but it hasn't. It seems like it's just going crazy. Yes, you would. We would have hoped that when you have everyone who was staying home, especially early last year, that things would kind of calm down on that front. And unfortunately, what we found is with a lot less traffic on the roadways, those who were on the roadways were driving at very dangerous speeds. I mean, we're talking over 100 miles an hour in many cases. Last time we talked, I think somebody was clocked doing 118, and I think it was on your Twitter page. Yes, uh, we've gotten 118, 120, 124. We've gotten up to 135, I've seen. It's, uh, these are speeds where I, there's no reason for it and there's no excuse for it. Anybody who's going that fast and you suffer something like a blowout, you're going to overturn and you're going to really risk losing your life from something that would be... Uh, Preventable. Yeah, pretty much preventable, or if it did happen to you, you'd be able to get yourself safely into the shoulder and address it. But at that speed, it's, it's going to cause you to overturn your vehicle. You're going to lose control. Absolutely. And I know we've been talking about it, and it's been shedding a lot of light on it. And we always say, what can we do? How can we make this stop? And I don't know that any of us have the answers, except you guys have more people on the roads. But right now... More and more people are coming back to the road, and I can attest to that because I've been on the road since the shutdown, which we went from a ghost town to watching everybody slowly trickle back to the roads. And some of those speeds are still happening. I mean, I go 80, and I'm getting passed daily. Oh, yes. I, I'm same here. I'm, I tend to patrol at 75 because I'm in a marked unit on the highways. And if I go the speed limit, I'm going to cause traffic jams behind me. I, and, you know, I, I'm kind of like a pace car. 
So I, I go 10 miles over trying to keep the flow of traffic, and people want to blow my doors off, and I'm in a rolling billboard. I, I just, what, have we come to any new solutions or answers, or what are you guys doing for this? Our um, approach to it has always been through education and enforcement in an effort to change dangerous driving behaviors. When we can, we want to educate people, especially through um, opportunities like you're giving me today, or even on car stops, we'll give somebody a warning and educate them on what they were doing and how it was unsafe. But unfortunately, when you're talking those kind of speeds, you're looking at citations, if not going to jail for reckless driving. I know, and why do that? That's just a bill you don't need, especially now. No, and it's not a cheap bill either. It's going to hurt. All right, so we're doing education. We're trying to remember that, and I know we all have busy lives, but give us the, the basics of what we should do before we even start the car. Even before you start the car, what we call is do offensive driving mindset. And what I mean by that is... Everyone's heard defensive driving, where you're aware of everything around you, you're looking in your mirrors, you're paying attention to those around you, because a lot of the times, it's not us who's the problem, it's the, all those dangerous maniacs around us, correct? Yeah. So, trying to, I guess, almost kind of forecast what they're going to do so you can avoid being collected in their crash. Now, offensive driving, on the other hand, is self-checking yourself, being aware of your attitude, any anxiety you're having, any pressure you're feeling, for instance, getting in the car and you know you're 20 minutes late for work. That's going to be the situation where you're going to leave someone driving at a very high rate of speed, driving very unsafe, cutting people off, doing a lot of erratic lane changes, and possibly even road rage. So that's the thing is be self-aware. Take that deep breath. Do do a little pinch the earlobes, woo-saw thing or whatever it takes, but calm yourself down and try to drive in a safe manner and even more important than that is have some decency or, you know, some common courtesy for those around you. Realize that everyone's got somewhere they've got to be, especially in the morning commutes. Everyone's on their way to their job. Everybody needs to get there at a certain time. And everyone will get there sooner with a little common courtesy. If somebody needs to merge in, let them in. Don't cut them off or don't pinch them off where they're stuck. That's where you're going to get the road rages and you're going to get more crashes. And we are starting to see a lot more construction, especially as we head into the summer months, which is always the case here in Southern Nevada. So I want you to to um, make me feel better. But the zipper method, right? We're supposed to be doing that, right? Because people get mad if you go by them and that lane's coming to an end. Yes, yes. The zipper method is the actually probably the fastest way and um, most controlled way to get everyone into the the travel lanes and out of this lane that's about to close. And it's when people start not showing common courtesy and they're blocking people from trying to merge in or people merging in are zooming past everyone and trying to cut off as in front of the line as they can. And that's where we're going to get these occurrences where we have road rage and we actually have people pulling guns on other people because of a closed lane or someone trying to merge over or doing an unsafe lane change and cut someone off. And now now people's lives are in danger when they're pointing guns at each other. So basically what you're saying is I'm right. You're absolutely right. I just, I try and say that and people get so upset. They're like, if it shows you a mile back that the lane is going to close, you have to get over then. And I'm like, no, you keep going and then everyone zippers because you're going to zipper anyways. One in, one go, you go, one go, you go, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's completely organized and efficient.
Yes, thank you. All right, so with construction, that's just, I think, a heads up that we need to remind everyone of that. And, of course, we've got to talk about these wrong-way drivers. What is going on? What is going on is we absolutely have a wrong-way problem, but I would argue that more than a wrong-way problem, we have an impairment problem. We found that 90% of all our wrong-way fatalities this uh, last year, I think it was the numbers were 2019, 90% of all those wrong-way fatalities involved impairment. Ugh, you hate to hear that. 100%. And and that's just unbelievable to me with Uber and Lyft and so many, you know, resources to get home safe. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it's unfathomable to me that somebody this day and age with all these resources will even try to make an excuse for driving impaired. There is no excuse for it. And I, I got to say, even when I'm on patrol and I've made DUI arrests, I've, met, I've arrested people where they on the way to jail, they start crying and they start saying, oh my, and they have, you know, zero criminal record, but now they're going to jail for DUI. And they start crying, talking about how now they're a bad person or a terrible person and this and that. And it's, at that time, I'm, I'm going to comfort them and tell them, you're not a bad person, you made a bad mistake. You, 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 made, you made a mistake. But the important thing to remember with that, though, is, is if you're impaired and you get involved in a crash and you catastrophically injure or kill an innocent person, now you are a bad person because you're going to prison. You're going to be a felon. So it, it goes from making a mistake to changing not just your life, but you're, you're destroy, destroying people, you're destroying families, and the ripple, ripple effect extends all the way out, if not throughout our city, throughout our state, and even it, it reaches nationwide. Well, every time we lose an innocent person in a traffic crash, that ripple effect extends much farther than people would expect is when you think of when we lose a life. For That's instance, so their, sad. Yeah, their family members, their coworkers, their fa- friends, and every first responder who's on scene of that crash. We're all human beings. Now, we're trained to try to emotionally distance ourselves so we can focus, do our job, be thorough. But at the same time, especially if it involves children, we all have families, and you can't look at a dead child on the side of the highway who's died very violently, very horribly, and not think about your own family back at home. And and then it's up to you, after doing so many of these over the years, I've been on hundreds of these scenes, and somehow I still have a problem when I try to get home, and now i got to pretend like everything's okay. I, I just came from seeing a young child dead on the side of the highway, and now i got to be home with my family and act like nothing's wrong. It, it it weighs on on your conscience quite a bit. It's just something that well, I just wish we had the answers on a magic wand to stop all of that. I really do. This morning on Neon and Beyond, we are talking with Trooper Smacka from NHP. If you want to find out more information, you can at nhp.nv.gov. And before we let you go, before you know, we try and get to you sooner than later in our next segment, what do you want everyone to really know from today? You know, I was thinking as we're coming up towards the end of April, I'd also like to address a problem we've been having, especially now that Vegas is returning to a better sense of normalcy, I would say. Well, that's a good way of saying it. I like that. We're getting a lot more visitors, um, especially from California on the highways, and we've been having a problem every Sunday when everyone's returning. People trickle in throughout the week, and then everybody wants to leave all at once on Sunday. 
and it's causing these large backups as we approach state line going back into California. And we found that during this, these times of extreme congestion, we get people who are going down the shoulder at a high rate of speed. And now that's putting some people in a real risk because if you have any kind of car problems or need to pull over in the shoulder, now you have this person flying up the shoulder going over 80 miles an hour at you, that, that, it's going to kill somebody real quick. So what we're going to be doing coming up is we're going to actually be having some operations out there where we're going to really be focusing on that, especially on Sundays and trying to curb this trend that's really disturbing of people driving in the shoulders out there. All right. So everyone just, you know, buckle up, make sure everyone is aware, put your phones down, just focus. I know it's so much easier to say than do because we've all done it once in a while. I mean, you get upset or something happens or you're in the car and the kids are, you know, screaming and everything else. And you just got to take that deep breath, like you said, and maybe pinch yourself and just step back for a minute, right? Oh, for sure. There's very few texts that are worth someone's life. Absolutely. Well, from NHP, Trooper Smacka, as always, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you, and I hope we get to talk to you. Let's make this before Memorial Day and help everyone stay safe then. That sounds like a plan. Awesome. Have a great day and be safe. You too. Thank you.